Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Nick Cavuto, founder of Cavuto X. And if you want to learn how to connect with world-class people, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with Nick Cavuto. Nick is a speaker, online business mentor, and fast growth specialist who specializes in personal branding, content marketing, and transformational leadership. And uh, this is going to be a great conversation, guys. A couple of things that Nick is specializing in are some things that I've done a lot of research in. And so I think this will be a really awesome conversation. But first, really quickly, for those of you who are tuning in, if you are a podcaster and you want to exponentially grow your show with real downloads, with real listeners, but you're just not sure exactly how to go get that done, head on over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. That application there will take you to a quick phone call with me and my team to see if it'd be a good fit for us to start spending some money on ads for you so that you can reach more people with the message of your podcast. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast. Nick, what's up, man? Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Thank you so much. Really, really value being here. Well, let's go ahead and jump in here, build some context for those listening. And uh, everybody's always shocked, but uh, I always say, let's take it way back. So uh, talk to me, <laughs> talk to me like 11, 12 year old Nick, man, family life, yeah. culture, school, all that good stuff. What were you up to? 
Yeah, man, absolutely. So uh, my family dynamics were really unique. My father was actually uh, a drug dealer. So that's where my story kind of started. And he gave that life up, thankfully, a few years before I was born. But you can imagine growing up in a relatively blue collar home. Mm. My father was an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. My mom was an entrepreneur. So it's like really in my blood. In fact, over 100 years of entrepreneurship in our family. And so at 11 or 12, you know, I was in a position, private school, you know, my parents worked really, really hard to give us an amazing future. But I would suggest that around that age of, you know, 12, 13, experience like high levels of rejection for the first time. And um, it's pretty wild. You know, the the house that I grew up in, it was um, very loving parents. Yet at the same time, there was a lot of oscillation in, you know, the emotional capacity of the home and a lot of, you know, like a lot of love and then a lot of like crazy stuff. And it was powerful for me because experiencing rejection, I got kicked out of a private Christian school because my brother had made some, you know, interesting choices. And I kind of got like rejected tribally for the first time when I didn't even do anything wrong. And, um, you know, that was really where the story started to kind of take its form and shape. Yeah, I had a lot of friends in high school and like really followed the trend as far as like being a popular kid and also reaching down a hand to those who were not maybe as popular or, you know, as seen. And uh, that was how my heartbeat always was because I understood both sides being widely accepted yet widely rejected. The new normal really for me became you know, focusing on allowing people to develop the greatest sense of who they are, unmuting the people who feel muted. Also being able to, you know, really experience high levels of transformation through leaders that not everybody has access to. And so that's been a really core part of my story has been the journey of rejection of oneself, but also, you know, to those around them. So that's, that's a really core part of my story. How do you mostly view your time in like middle school and high school and stuff? It positively or negatively? Very positively. It was probably when I was more around 14 is when, because I, I remember I was eighth grade to freshman year is the summer my brother made some interesting choices. And I was kicked out of a private Christian school with all my friends that I knew since kindergarten. And the shift then going into public school was like, my faith basis didn't matter. I was widely accepted for just being who I was. And so that's really the core part of that experience was like, oh my goodness, like all of these new people and all these new experiences. And that's really the core of it. And I think, you know, looking back, those were some really, really exciting, happy times where I was effortlessly myself. And the external situations and circumstances did not change the internal. And in the reflection of my life now being 33 and looking back, you know, those were awesome and favorable memories. I excelled in sports and everything that I did. But there is definitely a turning point of knowing that, like, I was accepted for my ability to perform. There's a a big heartbeat there, too. (laughs) So as an entrepreneur, that's important. Yeah. Tell me about post high school. What was the decision for you? Yeah, man. So Went to college, the junior college for a year, and then made a decision to go down to Palm Beach, Florida. Now, the girl-to-guy ratio at that school is 10 to 1. So (laughs) you can imagine some of the choices that I made. I was relatively directionless at that age. And the reason why was because there were fracture points. There were loose ends in my life that I didn't really necessarily solve. I just kind of cruised past them. And so when I asked the bigger questions of, all right, you know, I'm a man now. What do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? you know, I found myself making, you know, less than perfect decisions in an environment of where I had an opportunity to really excel. And so I actually fell out of college twice and ended up, you know, resolving that in my late 20s and going back to school and finishing. But I did drop out of college twice. And um, that was an interesting time of my life, no question of struggling with purpose, struggling with identity, and then really, you know, later in life, really finding my roots. Was there a particular reason that you dropped out in terms of an opportunity that you were pursuing or something or just kind Mm -hmm. of... 
complacent or flippant about what you were up to in school? I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so going to two separate colleges and failing out of both for me was like, you know what, this is, you know, clearly something I'm not going to solve right now at this point in my life. So what can I do? And I realized that, you know, I can give to others through really who I am as a person. And so I can just show up and give. So I actually went to work for a nonprofit. And that's really where my professional career started. Gotcha. And how old were you at that point? 22. What kind of eventually led you to go back to school? Well, I worked for the nonprofit. And as you can imagine, there's not always a heavy translation to the business world. And so I was a nonprofit, started as an intern, became the executive assistant of the organization. And I mean, through that process, I was running an eight-figure budget by the time I was 24. So I was given a lot of permission really early because there was a lot of raw talent that was seen. And so when I kind of got through that stage of, you know, the nonprofit opportunity, I had a lot of leadership opportunity. And really, that's where I blossomed as an individual. I ended up working for a medical startup where my buddy got me a job there. So it's kind of like access to others was the thing that allowed me to get to the next level. And when I wanted to up level my game after that experience, I said, you know, I know that I have to go back to school. So by the time I was maybe three months out of vocational ministry, I went back to school and uh, ended up finishing just after our first daughter was born. Okay. So talk to me about that school experience comparatively to the first couple of ones. Yeah. I mean, I was on mission, you know, I didn't have a choice. I had higher levels of responsibility. And that's the funny thing about responsibility. I was married at that point. We had a kid on the way, you know, it ups the bar of what was acceptable in order for me to produce the family dynamics and the life that I wanted for my family. So it ups the minimum right? Like the level of work required to make it on a daily basis is increased dramatically when you have a wife and a young one at the house. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 3.8 graduated with a 3.8. I mean, very different experience, certainly. Yeah, very different Mm -hmm. experience uh, as opposed to failing out the first couple of times. So I definitely, definitely can appreciate the family dynamic that ended up pushing you to take things more seriously at that point. So when you graduate then, what, what were the first few steps and what were you doing to earn an income while you were at school or were you just school full time? Yeah. So when I left the nonprofit, there's about a two year period where I was working for a medical startup. I was building my business and I was going to school full time. You know, so it's funny, like the thing that gets ripped out from underneath us, my vision for my life was really to be in ministry and to be a pastor. So I pursued that when that dream broke and it broke because people became a commodity to the organization and that broke my heart. Remember at the beginning of the story, my heart was to show up for people to give a gift And when I realized that I became a part of a machine is when really like for me, there's a foundational value and belief system that really broke in that moment. So when my buddy got me the job, it was just like, I went straight heads down. You know, that was really the journey was like, you know, focus on your marriage. You know, I was working a job, you know, making like mid five figures and I was in school focusing on getting my education done. I did make a commitment that in my 20s, I would learn. And in my 30s, I would earn. And maybe that got me through the hard years. But certainly, yeah, at that point, that's really where everything started to change. And when I finished up at, at, at school, I actually had applied for a job in Fortune 500 and put on my resume that I already had completed in December when I wouldn't actually graduate until January. Yeah, so I, I left the startup after generating about $5 million in revenue for them in nine months through digital marketing and jumped onto the Fortune 500 train. And that was a lot of fun. Got it. So then where did that lead to and what are you up to now? Yeah, man. So left Fortune 500 after 11 months. It was just a little bit too slow for me, but made a lot of waves, grew three different product lines in a company that has over a billion dollars in products and doubled all of them within six months. And so that gave me the competence and the confidence to go do this at a higher level. Started an agency, started a marketing agency that was at a run rate of about $2 million a year. 
and then made a decision that um, I was feeling myself still out of alignment. And it's funny how life has loose ends. And uh, I started picking up spirituality again and just really looking at my story and going like, my heart is still to pastor people. It's just funny that it's in the context now of pastoring entrepreneurs and not necessarily in pastoring a congregation of people. And for me, it's just, you know, at some point, all life, all business becomes spiritual. At some point, all business becomes spiritual. That's the big idea. And so now I'm actually mentoring entrepreneurs through both their business journey, because I have a high level of business acumen, yet at the same time, I'm not ignoring that seven-year journey or roughly around that time frame of being a pastor and really helping just foster people's hearts as well. So um, that's what I'm doing today. You know, uh, my focus around what I'm doing today is really on mentoring entrepreneurs, allowing them to see that authenticity and connection is the ultimate currency in business. And at the same time, helping them develop the mechanisms and the systems around building a seven-figure personal brand. So it's been an absolute honor and it's a lot of fun. Yes, let's talk about personal branding here for a second because this is obviously something that it's a relatively new concept, right? A lot of people, like this stuff didn't really happen in the past few decades. There are very few Mm -hmm. business people that would be recognizable to anybody. But then with, you know, obviously the invention of social media and uh, the influence of people like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, it's become this new culture, this new industry almost that is where you are almost required to have a personal brand to help increase the legitimacy and credibility of the company that you have. And, and, and it kind of goes mm-hmm. in, in there. So can you talk about, you know, the top, let's say three or four reasons why somebody should even focus on a personal brand? Like if somebody's listening right now and they're like, they're running a successful business and they're doing really well, but they're not worried about a personal brand in the least, why should they be worried? Yeah, there's a couple of things. And there's a funny thing that happens. It's like, Remember that phrase, like history repeats itself. It's kind of where we're finding personal brands right now. In the 1950s, a personal brand wasn't really something that people would talk about or let's say put into a classification. When in reality, it's like every drugstore and every grocery store was named after someone's family, right? So it's actually quite funny how it's repeated itself now, you know, maybe, you know, 80 years, you know, or so later. And it's true. In the last two decades, it hasn't been focused on as much. Like Steve Jobs was one of like the only ones who we could probably really pinpoint as a prominent figure who had a strong personal brand. Like people would go see the movie that's about him, right? And like all these different things happened. Yet when we start fast forwarding to today, the future of personal brands are already here. You know, you look at Elon, you look at Bezos, you look at Zuckerberg, you look at, right? You look at these individuals, these people, even if you go to a government level and you, and you see, you know, Trump has his own brand, right? There's all these different elements around personal branding that are extremely relevant today. So the future is here now. And the number one miss I think that most people have around personal branding is the fact that they're not thinking about what's going to differentiate them with the emergence of AI and new technology. And also it's kind of in like a lot of agencies that are, you know, driven by entrepreneurs. There's a bit of like the quickest race to the bottom as far as pricing. So what's really going to differentiate you? What's going to make you different? And it's going to come down to your personal brand. And so brand always wins. We know that brand always wins. But when we look at everything becoming a commodity because of the internet and the ability for someone in a different location to do something just as good but cheaper, we have to figure out what's the major differentiator that we're going to find inside of our business and specifically inside of ourselves, what's going to make us different. And this is why this is like the number one conversation that's going to happen over the next 18 months is because people are getting stuck in these spots of where they're having to reduce price, reduce price, reduce price, and they're not seeing the opportunity on the opposite side personal brand really solves that puzzle while at the same time helps you build your reputation to be the number one person in your audience. So that's the core thesis. The future is right now and everything is going to become a commodity online. And the number one thing that's going to help you retain your value 
is going to be your personal brand. Yeah, and I would sum it up really in, in one word, and that's trust. Mm-hmm. People do business with other people and businesses that they trust. And that's why what you said is so true, that brand always wins. Because at the end of the day, if you are looking at two articles of clothing and one of them's Nike and one of them's this new brand that you never heard of, mm-hmm. similar looking, similar materials, similar design, you're going to pick the one that's Nike because you trust that it's a good product because you know that they've been around for a long period of time or whatever it is, whatever the feelings you get inside when you see Nike or whatever your favorite brand could be. So with the personal brand, it's the same feeling that you're attaching to you, which has a much, much more powerful effect because then it no longer matters what kind of business you're in. It no longer matters what your industry is or or what phase of your life you're in. If you truly have people that are following you because of your personal brand, then you have the ability to future-proof your revenue and build up a tribe of people through the value that you've created for them in their lives, right? So this is not some form of like manipulation strategy or anything like that. It's literally just because you've added so much value through the cultivating of your personal brand that these people just trust you so much that if you are a tech entrepreneur and you start a coffee mug company, guess who the first customers are going to be? All the people that you've built up following your personal brand because they know that whatever you do, you're going to do it really, really well. And they trust you to deliver on that. So it gives you this form of like future-proofing your new ventures, which if you don't build a personal brand is not the case. You know, you might be able to intrigue a new investor or something like that because of your past successes. Like if you build a really great company and then you sell it and you move on, but you didn't build a personal brand, when you build that second company, sure, it'll be a little bit more easy to, a little bit easier to build, but it's not going to be as easy as it would be if you built a personal brand while you're building the first company. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash 
Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. This episode of the Build Your Network podcast will be back in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job descriptions, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. I personally love Indeed. It makes it easy to hire great talent, and according to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Wide. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash network. The offer is valid through March 31st. So what are you waiting for? Go to indeed.com slash network and claim $75 in free credit before March 31st. That's indeed.com slash network. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. This episode of the Build Your Network podcast is brought to you by Gusto, the all-in-one HR for growing businesses. You can get everything you need to hire, pay, manage, and support your hardworking team in one intuitive platform. You can automatically file and pay all state, local, and federal payroll taxes, do simple time tracking, time off requests, and more, and have access to a wide range of health and financial benefits and direct access to certified HR experts. That's just a few of the amazing tools that you get with Gusto. And right now, you can get three months free when you run your first payroll. All you have to do is use the URL gusto.com slash Travis. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash Travis. All right, let's get back to the show. Assuming now that people listening are like, okay, I'm on board now. I want to I want to build my personal brand. What are the next few steps for them to get started? Yeah, for sure. So... The realization event and building your personal brands, you got to understand three core things. People are not buying your products and services, they're buying you. So there's three elements to it. It's your story, it's your energy, and it's your magic. So your story is around really who you are, whether it's the founder's story. It's about what was normal for you, what the explosion was in your life that they can contextualize and relate with. It has a level of transparency that's attached to your story, your energy. You know, ask yourself the question with the people that you're connecting with right now, are you filling their bucket or are you drawing from it? And so the people that are going to pay you the most amount of money and will receive the highest level of transformation, they're going to be like, you're filling my bucket. You're giving me something new. You're depositing something that's rich within my life. And the last thing is your magic. And this really is your superpower. This is your unfair advantage. And when you know those three things, you can show up in your personal brand at a different level that you've never been able to before. And that's really the segue of where I end up leading people to the seven steps to building a seven-figure personal brand. And so there's seven very, very specific steps that we take that are in chronological order whenever I'm walking someone through this process from, you know, large tech CEOs, you know, to entrepreneurs. I've worked with everybody in between. And so there's seven key steps and I'll give you the first three. So the first three, number one, is going to be your personal story. So your personal story, this is going to be absolutely huge. 
this is going to contextualize who you are, what you do, why it matters, your story, your energy, your magic to the marketplace. And there's a very specific way that we end up developing these stories so that when you show up to a podcast or on stage or wherever you may be, you can contextualize the stories that are repetitive. Gary Vee does this extremely well. Everybody who's an entrepreneur and who's heard Gary Vee knows that he's you know, an immigrant entrepreneur from Belarus or from the former USSR and that he built his parents' business from three to $6 million. Everybody knows the story. Why? Because repetition has power. And so he tells the same stories because it allows people to identify, yet at the same time, talk about him just like right now when he's not in the room. That is brand. Right. And so we've got to identify what those stories are. The second step really flows into platform. And this is asking yourself of where you're going to build the right type of platform, whether it's a, you know, within a specific channel or whether it's a podcast, whether it's a Facebook group, LinkedIn group, whatever it needs to be, that's most aligned with you. And so the three questions are, is it audio? Is it video? Or is it written? Is it a blog? Is it a, you know, some type of more like an experience in a Facebook group? Or is it potentially, you know, a podcast? So those are those three options. Now we get to the third step. And this is again, three out of seven steps. But this is where we're going to be focusing on your positioning. And this is really the differentiating part about you versus anybody else. And this is where we start digging in deeper as the pretext to your product and the transformation that you provide in the world. So once we can start digging through these individual steps, it will really help you start contextualizing the transformation that you provide to the world and allowing you to make a bigger difference and really step into your full power. So those are just three steps out of seven. And if you guys want to learn more about those, you can check out my website and you can find out more about those seven steps. Yeah, sure. Where can they go to get those seven steps specifically? Head over to my website. It's nickcavuto.com. And uh, you can just click on the tab at the top that says the seven steps to building a personal brand. Just follow the prompts there and you can download more information. Perfect. So that's nickcavuto.com. That's C-A-V as in Victor, U-O-T-O. Nick you got it. Com. Can you expound a little bit on the positioning piece there and why that's so important? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people kind of mention it this way, like, you know, pricing is positioning, if you've heard that statement before. And so the position and how we're showing up in the world, how we're separating ourselves from our audience, there's so much unique factors. And a lot of people will see this in copywriting, unique factors around our product, around who we are, what we do, the transformation that we provide. And so I actually take people through three different steps on being able to communicate their superpower. There's one that's holistic, right? So there's a step in your positioning. It's the statements that you make about yourself, the transformation that you provide in the world. And so one of them is really holistic. And that's, you know, that I might tell the story that I'm, you know, a father and that I run a business and that I have a faith basis, you know, like that's one way to be able to communicate very widely around who I am, what I do. And again, why that matters in the world. Another form is very specific on my core thesis. And so like the first statement that I always have in that core thesis statement when it comes down to positioning is that I believe that the future of business really hinges on authentic connection and also a level of, of spirituality in a business. Like that's core thesis for me. And so I start with that level of a statement because to an audience, it suggests my position, which allows me to then be able to provide the level of transformation to that group or that level of you know, uh, illumination to whatever I may be talking about in a unique way. Now, the last one is what I call the flex in your positioning. And this is where like, you know, if I'm going to a sales conference, I want to be able to tell people that I've helped other people generate over a billion views online, helped people generate over 250,000 leads, and I've done over $50 million in revenue for other people. Now, imagine the differences in those positioning statements around who I am, what I do, and again, why that matters in the world is because the first one is suggesting multiple elements that are full circle, all encompassing around who I am. The second one is my core thesis, which 
drives to, you know, business acumen and spiritual awareness. And the third one is really a larger bravado of the difference that I've been able to make in the world. So when we contextualize who we are and we offer that on LinkedIn, it's a little bit different than on Facebook and on Instagram, a little bit different than it is, you know, on another platform like TikTok or something, right? So we have to be able to have these core elements completed to be able to develop a press sheet that we can send out to some of the biggest networks or the biggest podcasts in the world so that we can continue to step up our game. So that's why the positioning part is really critical is because I need to be able to tell three different versions around who you are and position you as a person before I start positioning your product and your pricing. And that's the miss. Most people just go for the positioning based on price or just based on product, but they're missing how to position themselves as individuals. Yeah, I love that, man. Perception is reality. And at the end of the day, who someone perceives you to be is who you are to that person. And yep. so if you can control that perception with a little bit of positioning, then uh, you are going to be off to the races. So Nick, obviously, you're the expert when it comes down to this. If you're listening right now, uh, make sure to go check out nickcabuto.com and uh, download the rest of those seven steps there. I got to ask you this question. Um, I know we're coming up here to the end. I got to ask you this question, though, before we do. It's the one that I've asked every guest that's come on. Who you know or what you know? I know we're taking a little bit of a transition, but who you know or what you know, which of those two is more important and why? Who? Because the, the segue of who you know provides context on then who knows you. And I think that's where it becomes incredibly powerful is when you show up to a meeting or you show up to an event and you have people actually going like, hey, like it's about their perception of you at that point, but you get access typically through other people. Mike Kim is my personal mentor or my business mentor. He's been a phenomenal just person in my life. Mike has given me access to more people and opportunities than anyone else has in business in my entire life. And the boomerang effect is that I get to celebrate him and talk about him. But the benefit is when I show up to very large conferences, people already have context around who I am before I even walk in the room. That opposite effect of they know me before I know them is really where the power play hits. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and which can help with the exact thing that we were just talking about, right? That perception piece. Mm, when totally. people have trust and credibility with somebody like Mike in this scenario and they know you through him, they automatically attribute a certain amount of that trust and credibility to you because they met you through him which helps increase that positioning there as well. So Nick, give me your top couple of strategies for building world-class relationships. The first thing is content builds relationships. Mm. Content builds relationships. One of the best things that I've been able to do is generate a lot of content, a lot of unique content. And that allows a lot of pre-frame because it's almost like, you know, you might look at me as the type of guy who wears my heart on my sleeve, meaning I just show up extremely authentically. In fact, I even think that real and raw is better than authentic. So to build the best relationships, I think you also have to go first in actually being vulnerable because it creates connection. And when you can create connection, that's a really, really powerful thing, right? That we talked about earlier that drives trust. So the first thing is content builds relationships. Now, the second one is that relationships build trust. And so when you start building better relationships through your content, you shortcut the process on someone being able to trust you because they might binge watch you. They might, you know, like start developing this idea of around how they appreciate you and how they see you and how they really like love your vibe or how you show up in the world. So content builds relationships, relationships build trust, and then trust drives revenue. The number one thing that I never do in any process that I have within my business is step over the line of transaction over transformation. Building the best relationships with people, I believe, is foundationally in offering them a gift, offering them an invitation. And so whenever I'm collaborating with anybody, it doesn't matter if it's a massive CEO of a billion dollar brand or if it's somebody who's you know, a multi-six-figure entrepreneur, 
at the end of the day, the trust level that they have with me is based off of content, relationship, trust, and then it drives to revenue. And revenue is really rooted in transformation. And so I never show up and try to have a transaction. I show up and I have an invitation to transformation for that individual to help them go from where they're at to where they want to be. And um, it just allows me to really show up authentically in the world. So anything from your LinkedIn messages to like, you know, your inboxes, some nights I'll, sp- I'll go to 50 different people and I'll just encourage them. How we gotten so far away from like the basic thesis of like looking at standard relationships and applying them to business. You know, if you walk into a bar and you see somebody who's attractive and you kind of go nice shoes, you know, like and you, and you go from there, right? How many times is that going to work? You know, one out of a hundred, one out of a thousand, one out of a hundred thousand, you know, but when you show up and you have a conversation with someone and actually care, that's the best marketing strategy ever is to actually care. Yeah. And so when you try to identify the things that matter to them and you just keep things very loose and you just show up authentically and real and raw as you are, it's a foul safe. There's no way that you can lose by being an authentic human being and actually caring. So that's the bottom line, man. I know it's worked incredibly well. Such a great way to end this conversation, man. Let's go ahead and move on into the last segment here. Something that's called a random round. A few quick random questions, quick random answers. Ready? Ready. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Interesting. I would love to study neuroscience. I think it's very interesting. Quantum physics, things like that. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, chat for an hour, who would it be? My wife's father who passed when she was young. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? Video. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. 5 a.m. wake up, walk with my mentor, hang with my kids and my wife, and start the day. What is your go-to pump-up song? Oh, man. I sing Treasure at Social Media Marketing World, so I'm going to have to pick that one (laughs) (laughs) by Bruno Mars. (laughs) What is something that you are just not very good at, Nick? Doing things I don't like for people who don't care. Ah, that's a good one. That's that's one we've not heard here on the show. So that's a solid one, bro. Mm. As we get everything wrapped up here, what is one place online where our listeners can go to connect with you the most? I would say to uh, to find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nick Cavuto. Perfect. And once again, Cavuto is C-A-V as in Victor, U-O-T as in Tom O, Nick Cavuto. Make sure to go connect with him on Facebook. Check out some of the stuff that he's putting out there. If you have any questions on personal branding, be sure to reach out. Let him know that you heard about him here on the show. Nick, thanks so much for coming on, man. Had a fantastic time chatting with you. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapelcom slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.